This is the Confident Collective Podcast with your hosts, Christina Zias and Rayanne Langis, two plus-size models and body activists here to get real and candid about living your most confident life. Get ready for powerful conversations that will leave you laughing, motivated, and inspired. And we are rolling. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Confident Collective Podcast. It's Christina here. And your girl, Rayanne. We are so excited. Ray, I feel like I haven't seen you or spoken to you in a while. I mean, it's only been a couple of days, but it feels like forever. No, it's been like a, it's been like a, a week. I left a week. week ago for my sister's wedding. So it has been How a was week. it? I feel like this wedding has built up so much over the past year. How was the actual event? It was so beautiful. And like, oh my gosh. It's just, you know, like when you are going on vacation and you are looking forward to it for so long, and it's like, we've been looking forward to this wedding for so long. We've had like two bridal showers. Like we've done the whole thing. And it's just been like so fun talking about like what everyone's going to wear, like what my grandma's wearing, my aunt's wearing. And like, we were just all so excited and like, it was, and then it, and then it happens, and now it's over. And I'm just like, kind of have the post wedding blues a little bit. I'm like, hmm, I don't know. I feel like a little bit like, just like after you get back from vacation and you're like sad. That's kind of how I'm feeling. My energy just feels a little bit low, but it was so beautiful. Justine did such an incredible job. She basically did everything, um, and it was it just was so gorgeous. She looked so stunning I couldn't even handle it I was like I can't even look at you like this you look so good and um I was like I don't know if I'm gonna cry like I I I, I am a very emotional person but I don't really I don't know I, I don't I, I just was like I don't think I'm really gonna cry and then I was standing and looking at her fiance Michael as he was giving his vows and talking about Justine and I just started crying I could not I couldn't hold it in and then when Justine read her vows oh my god I'm gonna cry right now like it was just so it was just so beautiful and like they're just so like young and starting this new adventure and I'm just like so happy for them my heart was like bursting with joy and it was just also fun to be around family and dance and get drunk and have fun. So honestly, it was such a special weekend that I'll never forget. So it was a good one. Oh, I want to be invited to all the um, Facebook, like all the albums. Cause I want to see all the photos from everything. You guys look so amazing. That's so funny. I totally know that feeling because obviously, you know, I'm super emotional, but I did not think I was going to cry when my sister got married at all. And then when she walked down the aisle, it was like a weird rush of like sensation of like, oh my, like overwhelming tears. I was like, where the hell did these come from? And like, y'all know I cry a lot. Like, I bet I know when I'm going to be emotional. I just didn't expect that. So I totally relate. I was like, wait, you didn't think you would cry? I <laughs> No, not for something like that. I don't know. Oh my gosh. Oh, it's just so like to see your sibling get married to someone like you are like, I was just... Yeah, it's just really, really, really special. And I hope to find that one day. And um, yeah, so. You will. You will. What about you? What's Wait, a- are there any single eligible bachelors at the wedding? Absolutely no single eligible bachelors. Absolutely uh, not. Justine. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, oh, also, man. I don't know if I wanted to be like getting it from my grandma. You know what I mean? Like. People. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, whatever. You don't have to get it, but you know, you, there's no, there's no sense of like you can meet someone. No, whatever. We were gonna go but out, like after, not happening. Yeah, we were gonna go out and stuff in Breckenridge after the wedding, but um, Aaron, my best friend, came um, and she was like, "Ryan, nothing good will come of us going out. Let's just go home." And we were, I was like, "You know what? You're right. Let's go to bed." You're right. <laughs> she was like, "Nothing good will come of this." I was like. Honestly, you have a point here. Let's go to bed. So on, it was a very just family oriented weekend. No funny business or anything. So, oh my gosh, well, good. I'm glad you had such a good time. Yeah. How have you been? What? Give me your update. Oh my gosh, we had like such a packed week last week. It was amazing. So we went to the Van Gogh Museum and had our adventure last week. I was dying. Was so fun. I was dying at Steve in the booth. <laughs> oh my god, he's oh so god. dramatic. So we ended, he's so ridiculous. So we ended up microdosing, which ended up 
being like the best decision ever. It was so much fun. Um, it was so much fun. We just like had such a like wild, like carefree day. Um, uh, it was like the best. I felt like we were like, like young and in love and like just starting a relationship again. Do you know what I mean? Like it, that's kind of how it felt the whole day. It was so fun. It was like sexy. It was just carefree. And that thing in the booth, I felt so bad. I had to apologize to the waiter so many times because I was trying to talk to him and I was bawling laughing. Like Steve in the booth was killing me. It was just so funny, but it was overall so much fun. That's one of my favorite things about you, your, your relationship with Steve is you guys make each other laugh and you guys have such a fun time. Yeah. And I just think that is like, oh, I just love that about you. Yeah. Wait. So hold on real quick. Shrooms was amazing. Microdosing. We have to do them together. I highly, actually, I'm not going to say I highly recommend you. I'm, <laughs> I'm not suggesting drugs to anyone, but no. it was a very, very good time very good time. And I'm so excited for our shroom episode that we're going to do because I think people need to learn more about it. Um, I'm going to microdose before our I shroom really, episode. I, fe- I met this guy the other night at a bar in Silver Lake who makes chocolate bars. Oh yeah. That's what I had. It was so good. It was very, very different. I, we only like, were kind of had like the crazy giggles and it was like a really strong body high, but we weren't like hallucinating. And I spoke to my friend about it. I was like, Oh, we didn't hallucinate or anything. She's like, yeah, because you didn't take that much. Like, if you take more and more, you will, mm. which I love that you can control that because I feel like other times I've done shrooms, like there was no controlling it. You were just like full on doing them and it, it could be super intense. Yeah. Um, so that was awesome. Oh yeah. We went to the Voclico Polo Classic, which was so much fun to my first time going to that. So we just kind of like just had ourselves a week of like fun and parties, honestly. That sounds so much fun. You guys looked amazing at the Polo Classic. I'm jealous. It looked so much fun. It was so good. I can't wait to go again next year. Um, And yeah, I was very, very thankful to have a mother-in-law who lived close by to watch Nicholas, honestly. Seriously. What a blessing. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. You guys needed to have a little couple time to uh, recharge. So I'm so glad you guys had a good weekend. Exactly. What have you been obsessed with lately, Ray? So honestly, I don't know if there's something in the air or what's going on. So I kind of experienced my first like dating burnout about two weeks ago. Um, It just started when that guy like stood me up kind of. And it wasn't even about him. I just was like, I just was like tired of giving my time. Like for me, I was just like, I, I I started to feel burnt out and I've also been hearing a lot of conversations about it. And I'm in a couple other Facebook groups and I can't get over how many people are talking about it. I'm like there, I think we kind of all had our hot girl summer and we're like, woo, yeah, yeah. And now we're kind of like, okay, like I think a collective burnout. Um, so I've just been like thinking a lot about that. And I, I, cried to my friend this weekend I just you know when you start talking about something and you start crying and you're like oh I didn't know I was holding this much emotion in and I did I just started crying and I think it was like because I was seeing this so much like high of like love and like marriage and my little sister starting this journey and I and I think these things too also bring up like you think about your ex-partner because they're the person so I was like thinking about my ex and then I just was like also like just feeling like, oh my God, why is no one that I like liking me? And I just was like feeling so discouraged. So I had like a little pity party and cried and I hadn't been on the apps or anything for like two weeks. And I didn't see the Denver man because I just felt like this is when I knew I needed to kind of take a break was when dating started to make me question my confidence and question my worth based on these experiences and how I was being treated. And so, um, that's when I knew I needed to take a break because it was getting me more into like a negative mindset. So I took a two week break and honestly more than that, it's been longer than that, but I just was like completely off the apps and um, now coming back refreshed. I was like, okay, I feel like I'm ready to get back. So I've got two dates this week. So we'll see how, Oh, fine. see how they go. But I think what I'm just obsessing over, I just thought it was interesting that so many people have been talking about this dating burnout And I think when you're feeling that way, just the biggest thing you can do is just take a break and just like disconnect a little bit and like recharge. Um, 
because it can get exhausting. Yeah, I agree. Especially if you're almost like treating dating as a job in a sense, like you are, it's almost like you're going out for job interviews. You're putting that time, like doing your resume, like you're putting that time, like swiping and applying. And then like, you have to actually do it. So yeah, it could be exhausting. I think the burnout is real. And I think that's great that you took time for yourself. But like, I think the one thing we need to like always remember is even if dating, even if you're not successful, like it's not necessarily a reflection on you. Like if the guys that you're liking, like aren't liking you back or things aren't vibing, like maybe you're just honestly not the right fit for each other. Like, so I think a lot of times people like try to make, like think about the guys that you're saying you're liking, like, do you really like them? Like what, what is it about them that is so great that you're like feeling this sort of way? Because I think a lot of times it's like this infatuation. It's like this, lust like this idea of like what could be as opposed to like actually liking the person um and really valuing them and 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 their characteristics as opposed to like the idea of that you know yeah and I think that what was getting me and I think probably a lot of women listening will relate is that I do think that certain women get much more male attention than other women. And I don't know exactly like why that is, but I just think that is true. And I've never been one of the women that really gets a lot of male attention from men. And I think I was just feeling discouraged seeing a lot of like my friends in the same situation as me dating who are constantly getting a lot of male attention from people who have like good jobs or good looking or like this and that. And I I just felt like, to be honest, I just wasn't getting that attention. Like, I mean, just to be totally honest, like looking at the people liking me on Hinge was like a very fucking humbling experience. I'm like, (laughs) I'm just like, I am, you guys know, like in general, I'm very confident, but like my confidence has been fucking rocked recently by, by, by dating. And I think that it's just, it's nice to have male attention and we all want it. Like if you're a a single straight woman, you want male attention and I don't, and and it's hard. It's like, yeah, maybe they aren't, you like the idea of them, but it's still shitty when it seems like nobody's interested in you. So that's where I, yeah, 100%. Yeah. That's where I just kind of got my like discouraged because I know when I really think about it, these guys that I'm maybe feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm not getting the attention. I don't. The thing is, I don't would I, I'm more in love of with the idea of what it could be or what we could blah 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 a hundred percent what you said, but it's still just like yeah, it's just it, it can be discouraging seeing other women get all this attention from guys that you think are have potential and you're just not getting that. So I don't know. I do think it kind of, some women just really have that like siren energy and are just men generally are more gravitate towards them. I, I honestly don't. I wish I knew like the freaking science behind it or whatever is going on, but I've just never been one of those, one of those women. I just kind of got like fucking tired to be honest. Well, I think it's good that you took, gave yourself a break. I'm excited to hear about these updated dates and maybe being in New York or something too. You never know what will happen there. You Sometimes never like know. New, new energy, you know? Vacation Ryan is ready. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay, what are you obsessing over, Christina? Okay, so I've been watching that show, uh, Squid Game, on Netflix. Wait, I started, like, the first episode, and then I got freaked. <laughs> I know, it's really, really freaky. Um, but I like, I like the show a lot. I think it's really interesting. But what I'm more obsessed with it is that the writer has been working on this show and trying to shop it around for 10 years, 10 years. And has been just like turned down, turned down, turned down, turned down, turned down for 10 freaking years. How discouraging is that? Like most people try something a couple times and then they're like, they didn't want me. And then they're over it. Or even like me, like when I was like first starting out with like blogging, I want to make it happen. Like, you know, you write a couple emails. If the brand doesn't answer you back, you're like, oh, they hate me, like whatever. And you just kind of give up. 10 years, this person was trying to do this and fine. And everyone was kind of like, no, that's a joke. No one's interested. And finally, Netflix decided to invest in Korea, ended up picking up the show, made it. 
And now it is set to be one of the most watched shows in the entire world ever. Ever. Like that is just so crazy to me. And I guess I'm just obsessed with the persistence. Yeah. Because I think that is something I know we talk a lot about it. And we did a little bit in last week's episode with Justine. But persistence is, I think, so under under hype, like undervalued. Like I think people are like, oh, you have talent, you could do this. But like I think persistence is like the main thing. And I know when I moved to LA, people are like, Oh, you gotta give LA at least three years to like get comfortable. And then people are like, you got to give LA at least 10 years to be successful. And it's so, so true. So I guess I'm just, I'm, that's what I'm obsessed with. Like that energy. So I never give up. Yeah. I actually saw that too. And it gave me chills, like hearing that, that mm-hmm. um, the writer's story. And like, at one point he had to sell his like laptop because he didn't have money. And like, yeah, that's so, so crazy. crazy. I love hear like a success story like that after someone has been like, fighting for something and sh- and having that persistence i am pretty obsessed with that totally. too and i saw this last night and that is what made me be like okay i gotta watch i gotta watch this show i'm gonna push through the first episode because <laughs> i had to be push part through, of push i had to be part of the most watched show on tv ever yeah you have to i we have to wa- uh, continue watching it i almost wanted to um steve and i are actually finally watching it together this is like the first show since breaking bad we're watching together Steve hates TV, which is like the most annoying thing. He always was like, oh, let's watch a movie. And I'm like, no, let's watch a TV show instead. Um, So this is like the first TV show in a very, very long time that we're watching together. And then last night they're getting too late. And I was like, we're getting really engrossed. We're like, no, we need to go to sleep. But we were halfway through an episode and we stopped it. And we're like, okay, we'll start it. And I was like so tempted to, when I couldn't sleep in the middle of the night, start it again. Uh, But no, I'm, I'm waiting for Steve. I'm waiting for Stevie. That is like, so good. That is very impressive of you of you to actually wait and watch a show. I feel like one person always sneaks ahead and it drives me mad. I know. I'm trying to be good. Oh, good job, Christina. I'm proud of you. Thanks. Well, it's because I'm normally the one person that sneaks ahead. <laughs> me too, me too. <laughs> Steve wouldn't do that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, should we jump into this article that um, we were sent? Yes, I'm so excited about this. It's so funny because I got so many DMs about this. And then you were like, hey, I got DMs about this. Let's talk about it. And I think it's really great. You want to give everyone a little synopsis? Yes. So basically, the title of the article, um, I'm pulling it up. It was in Cosmopolitan. And it's calling plus-size women confident is actually an insult by, and I'm very sorry, do you know how to pronounce her name? Cicely Bowen. Cicely Bowen. Um, so basically she goes into the article. She tells the story of how she was out with her friends dancing in a club and she saw this girl coming up to her and she knew what this woman was going to say. And this woman comes up to her and she says, oh my gosh, I just love your confidence. And, you know, she says, thank you. But she really goes on to say like, um, why, you know, basically breaking down why fat women and people are told like they admire their confidence for just doing a normal thing. And the only reason that woman said that to her was because she was fat. Like she wouldn't have gone up to a skinny girl on the dance floor and told her um, that she was like, Oh my gosh, I admire your confidence so much. Um, So she kind of just goes into that in the article um, talking about that, which I thought was very interesting because I honestly hadn't thought about that until like probably last year. I think I asked you that, Christina, once I was like, do you feel like offended when someone says you're confident? Because I always took it as a compliment and I didn't really think about it. And then we've, I've been hearing these conversations kind of bubble up. And yeah, it was funny. Christina, I saw you wrote down the same um, quote from the article that I did. So one of the quotes um, that she said is, what I eventually realized was that calling someone confident can be a slick way of commenting on that person's perceived inadequacy. So obviously this woman or when anyone says in general, like, oh, you're so confident, they really, I really do think they genuinely mean it as a compliment. It's just that we have so many like unconscious beliefs and biases about how someone looks, their size, their race that we don't even, don't even realize, you know? 
Yeah, it was really interesting. She she said that um, in the article, in some ways, it's analogous to being told you're pretty for a big girl or like you have such a pretty face. Um, and pretty much like what she's getting into is that plus size women are being applauded. And this is a direct quote from her. Plus size women are being applauded for having the courage to do things that no one thinks twice about when smaller people do them, like yoga or traveling abroad. And people will be like, oh my gosh, she traveled like by herself. Like she's so confident. Um, but like, would they necessarily say that to a thinner person, I guess, or like, oh, look at her dancing um, in the middle of the club. Like, but meanwhile, like there's a hundred people dancing in the middle of the club. Like, why is she the most confident? Why is she the confident one? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess my initial question for you is like, how, do you agree with that? Do you agree with that statement that being called, that calling plus size women confident is a negative thing? I think that, like I said, if you would have asked me this a year ago, I I think I would have given you a different answer. But as I've kind of been learning, like, I don't think I would be insulted because, I mean, this happens to me all the time. Like, oh, I, you're just, you know, I want to have your confidence. You're so confident. And I really personally am not offended, but I do think it's very interesting learning about okay, wait, actually, that is really interesting. Like, would someone say that to a thinner woman? And I think that's why I've I've kind of shifted on my personal, you know, page with sharing things. Like, I don't really scream, like, and talk about my size all the time. Or, like, if I have cellulite in a photo, I don't really, like, call it out. Because I really do think there's something powerful in just being a woman, like, even though I'm in a smaller, like larger body, when we talk about like the categories, I do think there's something powerful in just simply being and not having to like draw attention to it all the time. And I think that's kind of where like the shift is going because even in the article, she talks about how, like she said, confidence is an amazing mental and emotional resource to tap into if you can, but it's a symptom of being well, not the source. And I think there is a lot of like, kind of like girl boss branding and things around like feeling confident. And I think like, like we said, how we kind of talk about it, it's not like one thing. It's like all of these things that go into being a confident woman. But there were some things in this article that I had never really thought about. So it was really interesting and like hearing her say that and learning. But I I personally am not like super offended when someone says you feel confident but I am really intrigued in learning this and having this conversation. Is this making sense? Yeah, that makes sense because I do think that like you can feel both ways about it. Like I understand exactly what she's saying. Like, you know what I mean? And I agree with that, but I also like, so like if you actually like, she also talks about like confidence, like versus standards. And she said something in the article for me, like the basis of wellness is standards not allowing myself to be uncomfortable when I don't have to be or mistreated by others. But like, I do think like that standard is like synonymous with confidence. You know what I mean? And I think it's just a way about the way you choose to describe how you're feeling or things about Mm -hmm. yourself. Um, I I don't like the idea of being like, you shouldn't, you shouldn't say this. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like that isn't okay either because I don't, I don't think that's true for a lot of people. I think a lot of people like, being told confident is an amazing thing. And like, they, they love hearing that. And like, that's something they strive to be confident in all aspects of their lives. So I kind of don't like the idea of like, it's one way or the other, because I think for some people like being told, being called confident, like can be like offensive and they might not like it, but I don't think it necessarily rings true for everyone. But I, I guess the thing is, if I guess you have to internalize it and think like, why are you thinking that about someone? Because if you are thinking someone is competent because they're bigger and they're having a good time, then you do need to like, look at that internal biases because that is you thinking like, Oh my gosh, like I can't believe like for a big girl, like she can wear that crop top and like, she's just like, okay with that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think that like, if it makes you uncomfortable or you're thinking like you're going to approach someone and say that, like, think about maybe why, you know? Um, but like in confidence, the the definition of confidence is a feeling of self-assurance arising from one's appreciation of one's own abilities and qualities. Like, I I think that what this article is kind of trying to say is that confidence is used like as a marketing scheme and trying to take it down. You know what I mean? And I don't, maybe that rings true for 
for some people and for some brands and businesses. Um, but I don't like the overarching like theme of confidence and self-love are bad. Do you know what I mean? And, prom- and trying to promote that aren't okay. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just tricky because, uh, because a lot of things like there are people and brands who are using like those things in a way that is actually like, you know, talking about like self-love or these sorts of things in, in kind of a way that's like maybe promoting, you know, like basically anything can be branded in a certain way. Um, yeah. You know, like some things like, you know, th- that could be anti-diet culture, but are branded as like wellness and self-love or sorry, diet culture, not anti-diet culture. And, and right, right, so right. I get how, how it can be. Um, but I, and I do think too, I, I think it's interesting when we talk about confidence, I feel like most of the time it is in relation to like physical appearance, because I think like, okay, if I, I'm trying to think like, okay, yes, that example in the club where she, someone comes up to her and is like, oh my God, like you're so confident. Like, I love your confidence for just being like a fat woman dancing. But I think like, I really admire people's confidence when I see women who have like started businesses or like from scratch and like doing that sort of thing. Or maybe someone gives you, gives like a killer presentation and you're like, wow, like that takes serious confidence. And like, I want to be, I guess if I wanted to compliment them, I'm trying to think like, I, I do admire their confidence to like start a, a business and like what that takes is like crazy. So I'm just trying to like, as I'm like just speaking and processing th- these things, thinking about like, I think it's really triggering when it's just in relation to appearance, maybe for people, because I would have zero hesitation going up to someone and be like, wow, like I really admire like, your worth ethic and confidence in starting this thing or whatever it is. Yeah, no, I agree. Although now that I think about it, like would you go up to someone who like runs her own business and be like, I really admire your confidence in starting this business. I guess I wouldn't use the word confidence, but it does take confidence to basically like bet on. I mean, 100%. I guess I maybe wouldn't use that word. But I do. I feel like confidence is really only used in like appearance, mostly. But like the definition you just read of confidence is like being self assured and like that. It doesn't really have to. It could be for with anything, not just your appearance. One hundred percent. I think like we talk about confidence so much. Like I feel confident every single day. Like when I'm trying to work with brands and like trying to explain my value and stuff like you know what I mean. Like that takes confidence to be able to do that. I think it takes confidence to go on dates and feeling maybe a little bit lonely, but not texting a person back who doesn't treat you right. Do you know what I mean? Like that, I think that all is part of having confidence in yourself. Mm -hmm. And I do think that is something that we should celebrate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't, regardless, I think it it was a really interesting, a really interesting article. And I definitely learned a lot and saw things in a, in a different way for sure. Same, 100%. And it definitely made me think about the way I view other people and the way I view myself too. And you should, um, we'll link it in the show notes, but she also has a book um, that I actually really want to read. It is called um, Bad Fat Black Girl, Notes from a Trap Feminist. Mm-hmm. I want to I see if it's on Audible. I want to listen to it, not okay. read it, Christina. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, thank you. Thank you. I'm sure it is. <laughs> yes, it's on Audible, people. Oh. Hallelujah. Okay, perfect. Well, I think we'll have to listen to that too. And then, uh, but, and then do like another re- recap from it. But, anyways, I think it's, uh, it was a really good read. And I think you guys should listen to it and let us know in the Facebook group your thoughts um, on the article and like how you feel. Like, if someone were to come up to you and say, oh my gosh, like you're so confident, like, would that offend you or not? Mm. Yeah, it's a good thing to think about. Very good thing to think about. Um, interesting. Yeah, I'm gonna have to download this book. Um, cool. Well, also in today's episode, we are going to chat about something I get asked about a lot, and I think we both of we uh, both of us get asked about. Like whenever I do those Q and A's on my story, um, I get a lot of questions on like how do you 
do things alone? Like, how do you deal with being alone? Um, so today we're going to talk about loneliness and how to be alone. And Christine and I both have um, different situations and different perspectives. So I'll kind of kick it off with you, Christina, and kind of talk about how your relationship right now with maybe like loneliness or being alone. Oh my gosh. It's so funny. So today is probably the first day and I don't even know, maybe a year, who knows, that I actually have my place to myself. There's no baby here. There's no husband. There's no dog. And it feels so freaking amazing. I cannot even tell you. Um, I'm someone who loves being alone. And I guess it's easier to say that when you're surrounded by people all the time. Um, But I find so much value in that time I have with myself. I feel like it's sometimes the only time where I can think clearly, where I don't have to worry about anything else, where I can... It's almost like a sense of freedom, to be honest with you. Um, So... I, I love being alone. Now, Ray, you're alone a lot more often. So like, what are your thoughts on it? So in my adult life, I feel like I have experienced kind of two types of loneliness. Um, and this was the first thing I really talked to my therapist about when I started therapy last year. And I literally like couldn't even say the word alone or lonely without crying because it was, I was experiencing experiencing loneliness in a way that was like honestly crippling. Like I, to give you a, a little bit of about background, I um was in a relationship. Most of you guys know. And looking back, I realized I was so lonely in that relationship. Like, but I was lonelier in that relationship than I was when I was alone, which is so crazy. Um, and then after that relationship, I was living on my own and hadn't really been able to make like too many friends or like find kind of a community in LA um, because I was in this relationship. And if you've experienced loneliness, you can like kind of feel like, you know, that sometimes it like is actually physically painful. Like I can't describe it, but like I would feel sick by feeling so lonely. So, and I think that in our society, like we are creatures of connection and we want connection, but being alone is really like painted as a negative thing. But I think that in life we are given seasons of loneliness and solitude as a time when we need to grow and learn about ourselves. Because even though that was one of the hardest times in my life that I experienced that solitude, I experienced the growth I experienced in that time was exponential. And what I learned about myself was such an important lesson. And I think that seasons of loneliness and solitude are going to be a part of life and it can be very painful and hard. But I think that's the universe telling us that it's a time for us, a time for self-reflection and growth. Um, And I think that also learning... um, I do want to say though, like we are now that I'm definitely not in that season as much. I'm really surrounded around people all the time and have like really a community here. Um, I've learned that like, I really need alone time too. Like I will have to be like, no one bother me. Like I need to be alone (laughs) to recharge. And I, I think learning to be okay with being alone and like without distraction is a really important thing for women to learn because it really is like you've said, Christina, the time where you're able to like think clearly and really um, focus on yourself and um, again, focus on your growth and your just those distractions are cut away. And I think it's really important to, if you're, if you're feeling like you never want to be alone and never want to do things alone, kind of identifying maybe why that is and taking a step back and maybe trying to like practice it a little bit because I do think it's an important thing to have um, being okay feel, doing things alone and being alone. Yeah, absolutely. And there is a huge difference between being alone and being lonely mm-hmm. because I think you can be lonely and experience loneliness 
even if you're surrounded by a bunch of people or in a relationship. Like there's times where I felt like totally alone, like, oh my gosh, I don't have anyone to call or talk to. But meanwhile, I have like a million people around me. Do you know what I mean? Um, I know something that like I used to think about all the time when I was younger is like, if I saw someone eating alone, I would feel so sad for them. And now eating alone and taking myself out to eat is like one of my favorite things ever. And I think it started when I was working retail because I was always like working at Nordstrom and we'd have lunch breaks and everyone would be like, oh, we're all going to Chipotle. Do you want to go to Chipotle? And I'd be like, nah, like I'll just do my own thing. Like, because I needed that separation. I needed that time for myself. Um, And I think that if, I don't think you realize that. And I don't think you, you realize you can start doing things alone and feel comfortable doing things alone until you actually do them. So if you're someone who like, for, for instance, is like, Oh my gosh, I could never go out to lunch alone. Maybe you should try it. Try it. I think that's really important. I think that finding hobbies you can do, do alone is really important too. Like if you're someone who's like, if you're someone who like, for instance, like have to have a friend or a partner do everything with you, I just feel like eventually like you're maybe they aren't going to be able to do some something with you one day or like maybe your friend's not there. Maybe your friend moves away or whatever happens, your partner's on business. It's like, then what happens? Then if, if you're so dependent on other people, then I feel like that's when loneliness all of a sudden becomes really, really crippling. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why it's so important being able to do things independently and finding those independent hobbies, especially like if you're someone who's looking for a relationship, like you shouldn't be waiting to be like, Oh my gosh, I want to go to the pumpkin patch, but I can't do that until I have a boyfriend or find the pumpkin patches, maybe a lame thing. But like, you know, like I would love going to the beach, but I don't want to go to the beach alone. Why not going to the beach alone? Like bring a blanket and a book is like the best thing ever. Um, so I think that like learning to experiencing, th- learning to experience things and enjoy them on your own will only make you a fuller person. And like, it'll be more fun when you have someone to enjoy those things with, but you should be able to do them alone first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always say like, don't wait for a partner to do like the things you want to, you want to do. Like one of the things I always wanted to do was drive up the coast up, um, of California and my partner never wanted to do it. So I never did it. And then I did it by myself last year. And it was the most incredible experience of my entire, like it was just such such an incredible, magical, spiritual <laughs> experience. And I just was like, Oh my God, to think I didn't do that. Cause I just didn't want to do it alone. Like what the heck? And I do think, like you said, it takes practice. Like if you want to go check out a new store or go check out a new restaurant, like just go like go and go and do it and like see how it feels and it will be uncomfortable a hundred percent will be uncomfortable at first and maybe even start with something like going to the park or going to the beach and bringing a book um or trying a new workout class like you can just like kind of build up to that because i do think like i don't know why but eating alone is kind of like i feel like the top kind of scary thing to do alone or traveling traveling alone would be more scary um but to like practice with those small things. Um, and I think also just like learn to appreciate those um, times of alone, being alone in solitude as a time to really like clear, clear your head and get rid of those distractions um, and kind of reframing that like doing things alone isn't lame. Doing things alone doesn't mean you like are like, no, like you don't need to be surrounded by people and friends and stuff all the time. Like we're literally inundated with stuff all the time. I think, I think seeing it as, as a practice of like, I hate to use this word, but self-care. Yeah, absolutely. I I also think that, okay, obviously in our industry, we're both like bloggers and we have a lot of events that we're invited to. And I think it's very easy for people to be like, Oh, I'm not going to go to this event. I don't want to go alone. But actually, when you go alone, you give yourself an opportunity to meet other people. And maybe you're not a blogger in our industry, but like maybe you want to join like a volleyball league. We really should do it because we talk so much about it on here. But say you want to join a volleyball league, but you're like, I can't do join a volleyball league. Like, I don't want to go to this thing alone. Like, no, actually, like if you end up joining this alone, you'll end up meeting so many other people. 
Um, and so I think that we just kind of have to get that mentality out of our heads because how many times have you said no to an event because you didn't want to go to a, go alone or you went to an event with someone, but instead you ended up just talking to each other and not meeting anyone else. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you almost like being alone. Like if you're with other people, it ends up sometimes being more isolating. Yeah. Or, and like you're, you're you end up becoming a little bit more unapproachable. Like let's say like you're at a bar, like with one friend, right. And you're like trying to meet guys. Isn't it easier to like meet a guy when you're with like one person or even by yourself versus like a group of 10 girls? Like, Guys don't want to go oh, up yeah. to a group of 10 women. Yeah. So I think that's kind of think about that theory in like all aspects of your life. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's not going to work out. I've been in situations where I've left and I'm like, oh, that, that really sucked. Oh, God. Um, but you know what? That's part of it. It's not always going to be like super easy and whatever. But I, I think that's part of it. And don't let it don't let that get you discouraged because I've been their girlfriend. So, um, yeah. Have you, have you traveled alone, Ray? So I traveled, I've, I've done bits and pieces alone, um, but I haven't done like a full, like alone, alone trip. And honestly, I didn't have any desire to, because I'm like, I spend too much time alone. I want to go with like my friends and have a, have a good time. But I was like, actually totally fine. Like before you were going to come to New York, I was like, Oh yeah, I'll go to New York. Like I wasn't worried about it for the first time ever. Yeah. Well, that's good. I know. Have you traveled alone? I was just saying, I have like done bits. Yes. I have traveled alone. Like, but it's been normally I've traveled alone to like, and then ended up meeting people there like staying with people. Do you know what I mean? But like I, I went to Greece essentially by myself for like two months, but I ended up staying with family while I was there, but this was family I hadn't seen in like five, six years. And they're all working and doing their own thing. So like, I was like alone every single day. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, that's a little bit different, but I remember the one time I really did travel alone. It was only for one night, but I went to Cleveland because I was just like super random, but I was getting surgery. Like I had to get a, a new pacemaker and I had to go to Cleveland to do it. And my family was meeting me there the next day. Can I tell you, I had the best time ever. I went and did all this shopping. I took myself to the fanciest French restaurant in Cleveland. I ordered the duck. It was like so much fun. It's just like, I feel like sometimes if you're alone, like you can like treat yourself like a queen, you know? I know. Honestly, I did. the one thing that I think is like a negative that I, so I've just, I've lived alone. Like I've been alone for a long time. And even when I was in a relationship, I did things alone. Like, I honestly feel like when I'm with someone who doesn't want to do what I want to do, I really need to work on like compromising because I'm so used to doing like what I want when I want that. Like when I do get into a relationship, I think it's going to be really hard. It's going to be a big adjustment to like have someone else like have to think about someone else because I'm just so used to doing everything alone. So I know I need to like keep a check on that because I'm like, if I want to go to this restaurant and they don't want to go, I'll be like, what do you mean? (laughs) Like what? So yeah, that is really interesting. Steve and I have to compromise all the time and sometimes it's super annoying. See, that's crazy. Like you do that every single day. I like, I, I just, yeah. So different. No, you, yeah, yes, it's so annoying, but you'll be able to do it too one day. It, I, I mean, hope so. It is, it is interesting how much of an adjustment that can be. You're right. You absolutely do have to learn to compromise. Yeah. Um, okay. Should we get into our ask away with Ray and Kay? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. I kind of love this question because I relate so much. I need your advice. I have always struggled with my body image. I mainly blame my mom for this. She has never been a fan of her body and has always been judgmental towards bigger girls. Well, now I'm one of those bigger girls. Today was the first time I saw her in over 470 plus days thanks to COVID. She's currently staying with me. I live in uh, I live in Belgium, but I'm from the US. <laughs> Sorry, details. Um, but she was going through her email and a curvy girl popped up on her email and her comment was, oh, that's a big girl. And all I could think was, I am bigger than that girl. How do I process this? I need your help. Uh, okay, I talk about this all the time. It's really, really frustrating be- because I feel like it's so easy to say, like, 
don't internalize or like don't listen to those comments that you hear from other people. Um, but when it's your family making comments on people's bodies or people's sizes or, or on your body and being judgmental on how you look, it is so hard not to get so frustrated and infer- infuriated and also to not let it affect your self-esteem. Because I feel like these are the people that should be like building you up the most. So like, no matter what, like if someone says like, oh my gosh, like, look at that girl, she's so big. Or like if a skinny friend is like, oh my gosh, like I need to lose weight. Like, of course, like you're going to automatically think like, wait a minute, if you think you need to lose weight or if you think that girl's big, like what, what is your perception of me? You know, I think if it were me in this situation, I would probably be like, yeah, look at that bigger girl. She looks great. You know what I mean? Or like, I would just be like, Hey mom, like, you know what? You always talk about your body and you always make comments about bigger girls. And it's really offensive to me because I am that size and it hurts my feelings. And I don't understand why you're so insecure and trying to pass those insecurities on me. Because I feel like that's exactly what it is. It's like their own internal insecurities that are in return affecting you. And you kind of just need to shut it down and be super honest. And you have to do it over and over again, because I feel like for some reason, like family just doesn't understand. And I think too, like our moms grew up in a different time as well. Like even thinking about how different it is, like I think about like Gen Z and the images they see. And of course it's not perfect versus like what we saw in the 2000s, like growing up, like it was fucking ruthless. And so I think like understanding that your mom comes from a different time and, and is condition to really see things differently than probably you are. And I think it is an opportunity for you to teach her. Um, if you feel comfortable standing up, I know that's like really can be scary and hard, but like Christina said, just saying like, Hey mom, like she looks great. And like, when you say comments like that and with a negative connotation, this is how it makes me feel because I am also in a bigger body like that. And I think if you just said that, like, hopefully she would be like, what? like I didn't even think because I think a lot of times it's like pe- parents or people say things without thinking about how, how you feel. So if you just tell them and communicate, I think that would be huge. And I also think that it's not going to be like one conversation because like they're so conditioned in that way that it will probably take mul- more conversations. But I think it's worth having that having those conversations so it doesn't continue because that will that will wear on you. Yeah, 100. And I think percent and I think it's also important to recognize like because I do think sometimes like your mom this this mom didn't make a direct comment about her daughter's body, right? It's like commenting on, on like something else that she saw. But maybe she's looking at her daughter and thinks her daughter is like an absolute like stunning queen. It doesn't even think about her body or think, you know what I mean? But it's easy to get, if you have insecurities about your body and you hear someone else talking about theirs or someone else's, it's it's easy to just get mad or frustrated and think they're talking about you. But I do think that's like a good moment for self-reflection being like, wait a minute, like, do I feel comfortable in my body right now? Like, why is this triggering me? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point, Christina. Because I feel like sometimes like I'll hear my family talk about certain things and, and I almost feel like they're attacking me indirectly, but I'm like, are they actually like, or am I just, is this a sensitive topic for me? Am I getting insecure about something and in return taking it out on them? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Interesting. Something to think about. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Family stuff is, it is hard. So we're sorry you have to deal with that, but I think just opening that communication is the best thing that you can do. We actually can I can I just talk about family stuff real quick? It is ridiculous because one thing that I realized, and I've never even had to think about this before, is like you start to realize how much people talk about weight and bodies literally from infancy. Like I have my family asking me all the time, like, how much does Nicholas weigh? This baby's bigger than him, or this baby weighs more, or like, and it drives me insane I can't even tell you how many times I've had to be like I literally don't give a shit how much that baby weighs or what that baby ate or I don't care how much Nicholas weighs like I don't measure him every week we measure him literally weighing when he goes to the doctor for his checkups and that's it I'm not focused on that but 
it, it is really, really nuts because I have, I've noticed how much like, like literally people are commenting on my newborn's body and like his weight and being stressed about it. And it's like, I'm his mother. I don't care. I, he's good. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, like my mom, like literally, and by people, I mean my mom, um, like literally, and she, she, it doesn't, it's like not coming from like a, a bad place. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, it's just like this, I don't know. I'm like, why do you need to know how much he weighs? Like who cares how much he weighs? It's so weird. And I do feel like a lot of moms are like this too, because a lot of moms literally track their baby's weight from week to week. And a lot of it is because you want to make sure your baby's growing. It's coming from a good place. But I just feel like this obsession with the weight is just so crazy to me. And I think too, like growing up, you, you, I think one of the big things to like think about if you're like trying to work through and like become, feel better about your, your body is like thinking about how your mom talked about herself when you were growing up, because like that has a bigger impact too. Like you, we, as children, like we internalize those things. And a lot of those situations are like where we have that is like the foundation to our beliefs about ourselves. If we hear our mom saying like, I'm going to be bad and have a cookie or, oh my gosh, I, I gained five pounds. Like I feel this way, whatever. Like those comments have such a big impact on us as we're kids and shape how we think about weight and food and reading that book. Um, the fuck it diet was really interesting hearing her talk about that. Um, has such a big impact on it. And it's like, Oh, I hope we get to a place like where, and I think with like anti-diet culture and all this, like for kids growing up and like Nicholas growing up within a household with like you, where it's just not weight and that stuff just isn't like as big of a topic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. I feel, I I feel like the future is promising. It'll be good. But yeah, it is. The future is promising. Exactly. And on that, <laughs> I think that's a good good place to end it. The future is promising. <laughs> the future is promising. Dun, dun, dun. No, but really. But really. But really. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, if you oh have, well, keep sending in your questions for Ask Away with Ray and Kay. Um, you can send those in um, DMS on Instagram at The Confident Collective. Um, and we'll do one of those every episode. So thank you all for, for listening. Um, I think that's all we have for them today, Christina. Yeah, I think that's absolutely. And if there's like any other topics that you want us to hit as far as like confidence building, um, let us know in our Facebook group or send us a DM because we have like a bunch of fun episodes coming up, but we want to make sure that um, if there's like anything specific you need help with that, we're talking about it. Yes. All right, All right guys. Love you. Yes. We'll be back soon. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in today. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes on our website, theconfidentcollective.com and find us on Instagram at Confident Collective. And if you really loved what you heard, screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it in your stories and don't forget to tag us. 